was this really an attitude and an emergency which really um, kind of separated me from the rest. Hey podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. It's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy, and it's time for episode 85 of the McMethod Marketing Podcast, where you'll discover how to get more customers with less time, with less effort, and make them spend way more with you every time they do business with you. I'm liking that little tagline there. Anyway, today I'll be talking to Brett Thompson, an Australian guy. He's one of Australia's highest paid in-demand copywriting and marketing and conversion strategists. He's a best-selling author, a speaker, a coach, and a mentor to thousands. Now, I actually met Brett at the Titans of Direct Response uh, sort of seminar back in Stanford, Connecticut a couple of weeks, a couple of months back actually by the time this episode goes live. And I heard about him before. I knew he was a copywriting guy and he's a friend of a friend and I've been wanting to get him on the podcast. So I you know, popped the question and uh, he was keen. So we, uh, you know, we went home, he we went to Australia, I came back to Thailand and jumped on Skype and we had a conversation. And what's interesting about this one is this was very, not just casual, it was a bit philosophical, okay? So I thought, we, you know, we, we do talk about, you know, the, the idea was we're going to talk about research, about how, he's, how he gets amazing conversions and he's, the sort of the work ethic that he applies to that, uh, that research that he does when he writes copy. But what sort of happened is we went down the rabbit hole of talking about, you know, what makes you successful at business and in life. So, you know, this is my favorite kind of conversation. It's one of the favorite podcasts, my favorite style of podcast that I, that I do is we get to talk about some of the bigger ideas instead of just tactics, okay? So today is a bit like that. It's a bit philosophical, but there are some, uh, some stuff you can take away today and apply in your business. Now, to get the show notes for this episode of the McMethod Marketing Podcast, go to themcmethod.com slash 85. This week's McMaster's Insight of the Week is a book recommendation. The book is called All the Money in the World. And uh, I picked up this book when I was in the US recently. It's about the Forbes 400. All the guys, all the men and women on the Forbes 400. The 400 richest people in the world okay so the the fortunes that these people have is absolutely incredible i mean i think uh the lowest the minimum you've got to have to get on that list now is to around about a billion dollars a billion with a b so this book goes through how they made their money how they lost it how they spent it how it plays into their family and anyway it's just a fascinating book and uh, it's opened my eyes to the level uh, that you can go to in business and uh, in entrepreneurship. So it's absolutely worth a read if you like getting into that stuff. It will sort of reframe how you look at uh, you know, some of the companies online, successful people. It's made me kind of look at you know, guys that I, you know, might have used to be my idols or used to be a pool I looked up to. Now I'm thinking, man, those guys are small. You know, if you look at these Forbes 400 guys, and that's, that's big. That's really, really big. So I highly recommend you go and check out that book. Now to get more insights like this, that's not much of an insight. That's just a book recommendation. But uh, anyway, McMaster's, it's a, a private forum, private community that I run. And uh, so there's a there's a, a forum called the library where we talk about some of the book recommendations. And really, it's just about helping helping you, helping cust- helping my customers and clients get more customers for their business. Okay. And so there's like I said, there's a forum where I'm in there, and you can hear from other people in the forum. And there's a whole bunch of training products on email marketing and sales funnels and all that great stuff. And uh, yeah, if you want to learn more about that, that's at themcmethod.com/slash/mcmasters. And I'll see you inside. It's for a monthly fee. Okay. So that's it for now. Let's get into this interview with Mr. Brett. Thompson. 
It's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy. I'm here with Brett Thompson. Now, uh, Brett is a uh, direct response copywriter. He's, uh, he's one of Australia's highest paid in-demand copywriting marketing and conversion strategists. He's got a best-selling book out. He's a speaker, coach, and uh, mentor to thousands. Now, what's really cool is uh, I actually met Brett uh, two, two or three weeks ago, actually, at the Titans of Direct Response, uh, which would be actually three months ago by the time this podcast goes live, give or take a few. But uh, we bumped into each other at this conference and talked about copy and talked about Australians coming up in the world and, and sort of you know showing these Americans and these big business guys that we uh, that were actually house convicts. We got exported <laughs> out to Australia from England that we, uh, we we can do marketing too. So we had a good little laugh about that. And uh, I thought afterwards, uh, why not get Brett to come on and talk about uh, about some stuff that he's known for, uh, which is really to get uh, some crazy conversions. And according to him, we were just talking that a lot of that comes down to his work ethic uh, when it comes to marketing. So today, it'll be really cool to, uh, to have a chat about, not about copywriting, not really about... Um, stories or any of that sort of after the you know the copywriting and, and after that fact to really look at what sort of attitude you've got to have when you approach marketing and approach copywriting before you write a single word to actually get good conversions so that's that how to have a good work ethic or you know the right work ethic you need to have to be a good marketer something along those lines we'll get into that in a minute brad how are you today mate i'm pumped and awesome thanks for having me mate look forward to it good to have you on the show man could have another Aussie. We should, should get more Aussies around. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> all right. So before we talk about some of this work ethic stuff, I've given you a quick intro there. Can you give the listener a bit more of a background on who you are and uh, what you're up to? Uh, sure, mate. Yeah, look, um, like you, you, you did a pretty good uh, intro, mate. I'm kind of um, excited to hear what I've got to say after that one, I must admit. Um, <laughs> but, um, mate, look, I, I guess what I, I, I love about my story is that I uh, I kind of went all through school, didn't read a book, failed English, and a lot of copywriters um, have similar stories. But um, you know, I was a I did when I finished school. I remember celebrating, never having to work, I never having to read a book again for my, um, my whole life. I thought it was fantastic. So I started a kind of a ten year career of, of being a full time investor, and I invested about ninety percent of my income in my social life. <laughs> that was uh, <laughs> that was I like that, man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, right, so I guess that's why you know I became a good storyteller and uh, and and I suppose get a lot of confidence and guts to have a go in life. And um, but mate, um, I only tell that story to give people hope, right? Because a lot of people think, oh wow, you've, you've um, you know in the seven years you've been doing this, you've generated over two hundred twenty million dollars of new sales. But you know they think that's you know very rare. But really, it's anyone can do it. Mate. And um, and I love giving people a lot of hope that um, if someone like me who went all through school and didn't read can do it then um, anyone can as well with, with the right attitudes and, and disciplines hmm. it's really cool actually when, I, when I've spoken to people before like I, I've, I've only just started getting this because I haven't been doing this for as long as you have but uh, people come in and, and sometimes the attitude they have is that wow you're amazing I can't believe how you did that I could never do that it's just you know it's incredible but um, you know, when you've kind of been in the game and, and you've done this stuff, you realize that it's not that. Like if you're good and you work hard and you, and, and you practice and you research, there's no science, there's no magic to it. You just you get better over time and you get bigger jobs and things just pick up steam and you just gradually build. It's it's really not that difficult. It's just about keeping you know staying in the game, staying in the ring, and showing up every day. Absolutely, mate. And there's no doubt I am definitely amazing. Like you can't forget that. <laughs> uh, not really, but um, no. But you spot on, mate. It, it's funny. Like, um, yeah. Look, it's a lot of people look at the outside and think you, you just must be this amazingly talented person. But um, I think us as in as you know entrepreneurs, and when you're in the trenches, you don't you don't 
really see yourself as that. I mean, you probably should tell yourself that more, but it, it really is. It's just you're in the grind and you and you just go on the extra mile. And uh, and 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 if anyone's prepared to do what you do, then for sure they'll get the same results. It's not really a matter of skill. Mm. Um, I, I I have to try and outwork my competitors because a lot of them are more skillful than me. <laughs> well, let's talk about that, man. We were just chatting about this work ethic thing. I asked you what you wanted to talk about, or what was sort of what really defines you as a as, as a marketer. What sort of sets you apart of the other people? And you mentioned that your uh, work ethic that you bring to copywriting, that you bring to sort of marketing and doing the research. So, tell me about that. Yeah, mate. Well, I guess um, look when when I first learned copywriting, um, I'll tell you this quick story. Um, I don't know how much time we got, mate. So I'll try and keep it tight, but. We've, uh, I, I'd started my own business because um, I thought I had a fantastic idea to kind of motivate kids because um, I read my first book when I was in my mid-20s. It was called Awaken the Giant Within you know, by Anthony Robbins. Yep. And so my whole philosophy on life became personal development and I, I, I became like a walking, talking, personal development robot and pretty much burnt all my friends very quickly <laughs> from that. And um, <laughs> and. Mate, so I had this idea, you know, let's, I'm going to teach this to the kids between 7 and 13-year-old because I was a, a, a dad with twin boys at the moment at the time. And, mate, so I handed in my resignation um, after 15 years and and kind of jumped in, started my own business, and everyone said, you know, you'll do great, it's fantastic. Everyone thought it was a brilliant idea. And then I um, learned very quickly that, you know, you can have a good idea in one area but if you don't understand marketing, then you can lose a lot of money. And, um, and that's pretty much what happened to me, mate. I um, lost my money, found myself in a marketing seminar, and the guy came up on stage called The Millionaire Maker in Australia, and he said, you know, what I'm going to teach now is put more money in my bank account than anything I've done in my whole life. And I said, right, whatever comes out of this guy's mouth, I'm just going to do it. And he said, it's the art of writing compelling words on paper better known as copywriting. I went, oh, no. <laughs> I'd only just started reading and, uh, and I hate writing, and but I I gave it a go, and so that I I, I tell you that story because I had no prior training to this industry. Um, all I all I knew was um, if I was going to get good at this, I mean, my first year of business I'd made sixteen thousand dollars, and that's pretty hard when you bring up a family. Mm. I knew I knew I had to hustle hard and and really put in so much time studying. So I just followed the path and um, read all the. All the books that everyone was suggested, all the all the great books, you know, and a lot, a lot of the best gems are in the books that were written, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, right? And mm-hmm. so I studied them and I did everything that all the others weren't doing. I wrote out sales letters because I had to. I had to put money on the table and then I, I had to um, kind of hustle for clients, right? And so in, in my first year as a copywriter, uh, I went from $16,000 to over $200,000 of because um, I was at seminars just – Every time there was a speaker on stage, everyone would line up waiting for them to, um, you know, kiss their shoes and and all that, and, and tell them how awesome. And I'd I'd be I'd wait till the, the crowd died off, and I'd go up and say, "Hey, I'm a copywriter. I'd love to um, help you out with your marketing." And, I, and you know, because I I knew I couldn't if I didn't. I, I was only like a week away from you know the the phone ringing and people asking for money again. So I guess. That really was, was an attitude. It really had nothing to do with skill. Did it? it was just really an attitude and, and an urgency. 
which really um, kind of separated me from the rest. It reminds me of, um, there's a story that Tony Robbins, now that you mentioned him in, um, you know, Waking the Giant Within, he tells this story, plenty of people tell it, about, uh, I don't know, I can't remember the actual story, who, who it's about, but basically it's, it's like ancient Greece or something like that, and they go to sail to another land to, um, to you know, to conquer it, or they, they get into a fight, basically, and they land the ships, and then the commander gets them to burn all of the ships, and all the soldiers oh, see the ships burning, and then they have no choice but to fight their way through the enemy. And lo and behold, they win the fight because they've got no other option. So you saw what you were talking about. Is you ended up in a situation. You, you, you plenty of people talk about this. You know, your back's up against the wall. This was me in the Philippines. Actually, I had 200 bucks left in my bank account. I was about to buy you know a ticket on the credit card to get home and go get myself a job. And then that was when things started to click. So it's funny how that works. When you finally get Ooh. to that point, you realize, look, I'm going to do whatever it takes. If I have to work 12, 14, 16 hours a day just to make some money so I can stay in the game and keep doing this. That's what I'll do. When you get to that point, that's really when, when, uh, when the magic starts to happen. So true, mate. I love it. And yeah, that, that, is a, that is a good story. You told it really well, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but, but it is true. It's all attitude. And, uh, and, and, and through that through persistence, I mean, they talk about the you know, 10,000 hours and look, I... You know, I, I don't know, but I swear I would have done it in, within the first three years, I think. I don't know if that's possible, but, man, I just, I really had to work hard. <laughs> and uh, and so there's nothing glamorous about it. You know, no, there's no skill or um, or natural talent that I can share with anyone. It was, um, look, all, all the all the, the gems in anything you do is, is, right. is, is stand on the shoulders of the giants before you, isn't it? Right. One thing that I struggle with personally sometimes is that, you know, like, all right, you know, things are, things are doing pretty well and I'm happy. But um, I get caught up sometimes. I might look at, it might, be, it might be a marketer. It might be someone who's more successful than me, who um, they're making more money, they've got a bigger business, they're just, or whatever. And, and sometimes I feel like that they're doing it faster than I am. And I start to feel frustrated or that it, this isn't always conscious. Sometimes it's just a sort of a negative feeling of, like I can't keep up or I'm not doing as well as I'd like or you know and it creates a lot of tension well sometimes it might be I'm looking at like Elon Musk you know the you know, sort of like a billionaire inventor who co-founded PayPal and now he's doing the electric car with Tesla uh, Solar City, just doing some crazy stuff where I read I told you about a book by billionaires or it's about billionaires and sort of looking at that and then sometimes I come back and I look at my own business and I'm like oh man what am I doing this is so small and so tiny and so slow and uh, <laughs> I mean how did you have you ever had to deal with that you know in your journey so not so much obviously you got to work hard and you got to put that together but how did you have you ever had to deal with that feeling of like however fast you're going or however well you're doing you're still like oh it's not it's not good enough right first of all i've got to say i love your honesty in bringing it up that i believe everyone goes through that and and i'll just it's credit to you to to admit that and bring it up and it's something i go through all the time um and i honestly believe that in some way nearly every i'd say a bit of a claim but i reckon Nearly everyone on this earth has some form of them not feeling good enough in some way. Mm. Well, that's, that's a bit, it might be sound like a big statement, but I know, I, I know guys who um, good friends of mine. They're in you know, ten, fifteen million dollars a year, and I'm thinking, wow, man, that, that's pretty sweet. But you know, I've been in mastermind groups where it's fifty thousand dollars an entry, and, and surrounded by these guys, and it very rarely comes down to strategy. It comes down with them feeling good enough about themselves to to go to the next level and um so mate um I, look that the comparison game is it's a double-edged sword right one side it can put it can stop you in your tracks and you could freeze um be intimidated it could be subconsciously um and and you'll just 
your output will be very poor and you'll beat yourself up. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that can go for um, some days or weeks or months, maybe years. But the other side of it, you can use that as a, as a motivator and that's something I have to consciously choose to do sometimes and, and use it to, to get fired up. And, 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 and I mean, here's the thing, I, I believe you should never compare yourself to others. You should try and, try and be better than others. You just try and be the best you can be, right? And um, that sounds really nice and nice little quote, but it, it's true. But you just got to, it's, it's a daily thing for me, mate. I've got to, um, I see other people really smashing it, and I've got to just make sure I'm on the right side of the fence with this. Um, I heard someone call it um, SME, which is social media envy. Isn't that cool? Um, <laughs> So again, you see other people on social media, and you think, "Oh wow, they're really smashing it." And yeah, for me, I've um, you know, as, as I kind of touched on before we um, on earlier in the call, we um, I work on my personal development every single day. Because if I don't, if if there's a void, then I think it's human nature for most people we kind of fill that void with negative, right? Mm. So I I can't allow that to happen because it directly results in. Um, Lack of productivity, which um, slows in the money flow. So I have to um, make sure my cup is full. And the way I see it, and I used to teach this so many years ago when I used to teach kids personal development, but everyone has like a, a bucket, a self-esteem bucket, and, and the, the, everyone's got holes in the bucket. So you can, you can read a book and listen to a podcast, go to a seminar and feel pumped up and on fire, but slowly, slowly, slowly there's the, um, it leaks out. You've always, always got to – keep refilling it and that's something I've got to do every day mm. so um so you're not alone man and I'm glad you brought it up because <laughs> it's it's cool well that's the funny thing is that the reason I brought it up is because sometimes you know you're working really hard and I, you know I get this and sometimes it's very inspiring to to hear a story about um guys who are, who are much more successful than I am but then sometimes like you said it does create that freeze of, of kind of thinking oh there's no like you feel overwhelmed well there's no way I'm going to catch up or something like that um, mm. and what I've been actually reminding myself the, the the I guess the analogy that I use to to break out of that is that of lifting weights so when you go to the gym and mm-hmm. you uh you know, like there's a CrossFit gym here that I've been going. I'm not going right now, but, but uh, I have been going for a lot of this year. And it's interesting going in there because I'm a very competitive guy. So I look at another guy and think, well, he's lifting more than me. I need to be able to be lifting that. But the, <laughs> the thing is, if you look at like the whole situation, like take the emotion out of it, you look at it scientifically, the way for me to lift, let's say I'm lifting 200 pounds uh, or you know, we say 100 kilos, if, if we're going to say, <laughs> talking Australian, 100 kilos <laughs> and he's lifting 200 the way for me to go and lift 200 is not to just go pick up a 200 kilo bar. The way to lift 200 is to today lift 100, tomorrow lift 102.5, the day after lift 105, and basically go up in small increments like that. Scientifically, mm-hmm. that's just how the body works. So I can't go from 100 to 200. And so, mm-hmm. you know, with business, was like, no, to go back to the gym, you've got to be a little bit zen about the whole thing. When you take your emotions out of it, you just look, all right, well, what needs to happen for me to go the next step? And you sort of map mm-hmm. out that thing, and what what's reasonable? Because it's not reasonable for me to go. Well, I want to be a billionaire tomorrow. That's just that's not going to happen. Or I'm not going to make a hundred million dollars tomorrow. But what I can yeah. do is get a little bit better tomorrow than I was today, and then so on like that. And you sort of, once you take the emotion out of it and start looking at what the path to going and making a billion dollars is, you know, it's, what's that Chinese proverb? That you know, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. It's that. Yeah, so. yeah. Spot on, mate. Spot on. It, it's constant, constant, never-ending learning, isn't it? Mm. Uh, and on never-ending growing, I suppose, and that's that's uh, look. In, and 
I know. I mean, you're you're a great example. You're surrounded and interviewing some of the the greatest minds on the planet right now in this area. And um, and mate, I'm sure this topic comes up so often. You know, in, in some of the greatest with all the best entrepreneurs in any field, it's it's constantly. Um, you know, building up on yourself and trying to get that next level. I don't think it ever ever really stops. It's funny, yeah. It's funny you mention that because I'm in this book about billionaires that I'm reading. The um, it talks about Larry Ellison, who's the third richest guy on the planet, I think, and oh. uh, how he competes basically with a couple of the Microsoft guys, Bill Gates and Paul Allen is one of them, Steve Ballmer, who are all they're all around the same level, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty billion dollars in terms of their net worth, and um, <laughs> Larry. This guy, he's forever competing with them, trying to have a bigger boat or a bigger house or you know, that sort of thing. So it's just funny to notice that you could be one of the richest guys on the planet and you're still, uh, you know, you can still fall into that trap of feeling like you need to compete with someone else. And there's nothing wrong with that, but mm. it's just that it's a hamster wheel. You're not getting anything. Yeah, no, that's right. As, as long as you're on the right side of it because those guys, they know how to turn that energy into, into productivity. I think that's the difference because a lot of people they get intimidated and, and um, that envy kind of uh, makes them doubt themselves. And, and out of all the hundreds of people I've I've mentored, there's some really skillful, talented people, right? And they're just and I, and I can give them the best strategy and the best copy in the world, but a lot of them just don't do it because there's 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 a fear there, and these are highly intelligent people, um, and it really comes down to their their self worth, and it's um. So yeah, so it is, it it is a constant thing with with entrepreneurs, mate. And um, and I, I guess yeah, the the better you get at trying to channeling that into into positivity and keeping yourself in the right the right zone, then right. um then the best you know best success you'll get from it. One thing that that, that also interesting, we'll get to the I mean the original topic we're going to talk about is work ethic and how it applies to research. But this is this is <laughs> this is fascinating. I love this kind of stuff. It gets me so pumped up. One thing I'm interested in uh, in hearing about is like sometimes I think like it's it's you know I get caught up in this is thinking that well I need to you know my business needs to be bigger. I need to have more money so I can not necessarily buy more stuff, but it's just it needs to be bigger, better, whatever, more automated than it is now. Something other than what it is right now. And uh, the trap of that is that it's again that hamster wheel. I might not be competing with someone on terms of bikes or you know yachts or you know personal jets or something like that, like Larry Ellison is. But it's still the same kind of thing where I'm always comparing right now with what could be and creating a sort of uh, a sense of dissatisfaction. And so it brings up that that this this question of do you play the business game because you feel like that's what you need to do to just I guess keeping up with the Joneses, or do you say hey look. I'm making some good money right now. Like in my case, I could be like, well, I'm making some good money right now. I'm in Thailand. Why don't I just chill out, sleep in every day, ditch the alarm clock, go to the pool, sit in the sun, read a book. Why don't I do that every day? I mean, because a lot of us, once you start getting good at making money, you, you sort of get get into a position like that where you don't really need to hustle as hard as you used to. You know, you know, you get those, the, the days when your back's against the wall, but then you've got times when money's flowing freely and you don't really have to worry about much. And then it's like, mm. do you take time to smell the roses or do you stay hungry because there's sort of like on the one hand you've got guys like Tony Robbins and motivational gurus who probably preach that you should always be growing and always be trying to get somewhere but then there's the other side of it where everybody dies and we're all going back <laughs> into the, just the same place where we came from right we're going back into the ground and yeah. uh, that's just a fact of life so does it really make sense to bust your balls all of your life to, to build a big 
business. Mate, yeah, well, that's deep, buddy. A deep question. <laughs> and and, uh, <laughs> and the thing is, like, the cool thing about that question, John, is um, the answer is, will be different to who you're talking to. See, right now, at this stage of my life, uh, well, actually, I'll preframe that. I, you know, a number of years ago, I, um, I got comfortable. Like, I, I was, had some great recognition in Australia, you know, doing some events with a few other people, making some good money. And, um, and you know, just kind of still still working hard but just really um, just not, not really going, pushing myself, if that makes sense. Mm. And, he, and here's, here's what I think, and, and this is touching, touching back on something else. When, when, you, when I see someone really smashing it right now, in the years I've been in this game, I, I know that things happen in waves. You look at celebrities, they could be the flavour for a, a year and then they're, then they're out of the spotlight again. It's the same with entrepreneurs and business owners it's very rare to see someone on on top of the game all the time and maybe dan kennedy's an exception <laughs> but he's a bit of a freak but um I, I see people come up in the spotlight and i i, I used to think oh gosh they're really smashing it and i used to sometimes doubt myself and think oh maybe i should be doing things better and faster and harder but then they just kind of um, go out of the spotlight again, and I've watched that over a number of years. So I, I know that things happen in ways, and even with myself. So when I was one of those kind of victims where I was, um, everyone knew me in Australia, and I was getting great recognition. Then I kind of got comfortable, and then um, I let other people kind of surpass me. So I guess I tell you that because you're asking me this question right now. At the time, at the time when I'm really hustling and hungry more than ever before. I've, I've, I'm, on, I'm on the up curve to the point where, and this might scare some people, but my day starts at 3 a.m. in the morning. Right? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Dude, I was at Titans at one of these dinners and I was speaking to one of the guys from Early to Rise and he was saying he got up at 4.30 a.m. and I could not believe it. And now you're telling me that you get up at 3 a.m.? 3 a.m., man. You know why? Because no one else is doing it. <laughs> That's well, right. What time do you go to bed, though? 9.30. How, do, how do you manage to go to bed at nine thirty and wake up at three? That's in, and then you stay up all day. All day, mate. All day. Yeah, like, and that's not something I'm boasting about, right? I don't really. You know, I just. I think the the thing that boggles me is that like if I get if I go by if I get a few nights sleep at six hours, I get depressed, man. My my mindset goes <laughs> off when I start. You know, self doubt creeps in and that. Whereas if I get a couple like eight nine hour nights, I feel like a million bucks. Yeah, that's that's true. It depends what you do in your six hours. It depends what you do in your waking hours, really. So, mate, I don't mind. I don't mind telling you what I do, right? Because um, I, I know it's not duplicatable. I know it's not something I I teach. It's just a stage. I mean, I won't do it all my life because I'll probably, in a number of years, say, you know, you got to have balance and you got to spend more time with your family. I'll probably have one of those talks, and we can have another conversation later on about it. But right now, man, you're talking to me at the time where I'm going so hard because I'm, I'm achieving I'm, I've got such big goals and I'll tell you where it happened right I was um went to a seminar this is only um I don't know four four or five months ago and a guy by the name of um Eric Thomas right he's a uh, uh, called the a hip, guy. yeah 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 so he uh, he came out to Australia and was doing a talk and, and I was surrounded by a couple hundred people in the seminar well, probably actually about 400 people and um He's talking about how he goes 120%. And anything he does, he yells everything. He's so awesome. And, uh, and he says most people, they're going, you know, 60%, 70% and all the rest. So he, he took a survey in the crowd. He goes, who reckons they're going 120? And no one really put their hand up. He said, what about 100%? And I put my hand up and looking around, hoping everyone would see me. Because yeah, I was thinking I was going pretty hard. And then he kept on asking. And there was a bunch of people putting their hand up at 60 and 70%. And I thought, 
God, how embarrassing, man. Why don't you just work harder? And then he told me what he does for 120%. And he gets up at 3 a.m. because his competitors get up at 6 or 7 and, and he's, he's got like a four-hour start on them. And, and, and he told me his routine. And, and, and I was going, wow, that is a whole new level. And he came, and he came back and did another session and then he asked the same question again to the audience. And this time, I put my hand up for 60%. Right? Because I, I thought I was going to 100%. But, mate, this Well, sometimes right I now, am. That's the thing, man. I'm like, man, I'm doing pretty good. I wake up at 6 or 7 most days. And, uh, you know, get started and I'm pretty organized. And then I hear right, guys like you, crazy, crazy, doing shit like this. 3 a.m., that's insane. Yeah, look, it is. But, yeah, look, I'm kind of um, – look, I've got a lot of urgency with what I'm doing right now. Right, um, you know, it's uh, and I, I guess I, I've um, I'm fueled by a lot of things right, right now. I've got, you know, as you know, I told you, um, my beautiful bride, Lanique, and I have got six kids between us. I've poured, I, I was kind of the black sheep in my family where I've um, everyone's done the, the traditional route where they've got a job or got an education, got a deposit for a house and stuff like that. Where I've just kind of <laughs> just jumped into business, throwing money at business all the time. Um, and just you know, so many peaks and troughs, right? And then I f- um, found out a little while ago my younger brother um, just sold a property for $1.8 uh, $1. million, right? And I love my brother, but that annoyed the crap out of me, right? I thought, man, I'm, 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 he's just done the – it seemed like he's – and, and that, that was a, a fuel. I said, I've got to really hustle, right? And then also my kids, and that kind of gets me out of bed every morning and, and, and some – bigger financial goals that I'm going for as well. And so I guess for me, mate, it's, the, the getting up at 3am sounds absurd and ridiculous to a lot of people, but for me it's fantastic because I, I, I knew that um, a lot of people in, in my industry who are more talented than me and stuff like that, and I have, to, I have to study and I have to research, I have to work on my personal development. So, you know, in those three hours I, I work on my personal development, I kind of psych myself up, I go back into the books and research and write and do all that kind of stuff. So so by the time it comes around six or seven o'clock, I mean every day I've I've got, you know, three or four hours of really good solid stuff. So I don't give myself time to it's very rare at this stage where I have a lot of self doubt and it still happens, but my routine is um, really kind of kind of shaped to, to really get me in that right zone. So interesting man. So one one thing that because I mean we said we're going to talk about research, so I feel like we're going to squeeze this in somehow. So you're talking now. Now I've heard about the work ethic and some of the mindset stuff. Tell me how. I mean, you mentioned that one thing that puts you ahead of other copywriters and other competitors and people in the game is that you're willing to go to an insane level in terms of the work that you're going to put in to make sure something wins. So with all this extra time and the amount of commitment that you have to something, it sounds like you put you put a whole lot more effort into doing your research before you write a word of copy, right? Yeah. Look, I'm glad you asked, man. I'll tell you. What, where it all started. See, when I first started, I, I learned from a, um, a guy by the name of Pete Godfrey, and he's now one of my best mates. And um, and so I I got very good very fast because everyone's to write successful copy. I think one of the big, the two big things are I think is coming up with a big idea, and and in, out of that you get the the big headline. And the other thing is writing like a conversational tone, right? Um, and there's a, there's a thousand one things, but I think. Those two, if you can, if you can nail those two, um, you can get, you know, pretty good success. So I started getting some huge success really early on in my career, um, and then start, people started offering to pay me some good money to write copy. And until one, and I thought I was a bit of a, a legend in my own mind because I had no evidence to prove me wrong. 
And um, until one time, one of my my campaigns failed, I, I was like, "What?" But I, you know, I, I just couldn't understand it. There was, I just, I just did not like that at all. So then, I what I realised is, I found out why it didn't. I kind of rang up clients and, and found out why they didn't buy, and it just gave me a good indication that I hadn't done enough research. And I really understood that to get good conversions, you don't have to be a great writer. You just have to understand the psychology of your market and really um, what they want and how to communicate it to them. So that started, now I spend probably 70% of my time researching the market and, and interviewing people. A lot of people, like if you have like a, an, an average copywriter, they'll say, yeah, I'll take on someone's project, no worries. They'll say, oh, good, fill out this questionnaire. And the business owner will fill out the questionnaire saying, this is who my market is. This is their three daily frustrations. This is the problems that keep them up at night. This is um, you know, this, this and that. And, and then the copywriter will go, oh, thanks for that. And they'll start punching out copy and give it back to them. And a lot of the times it doesn't really work because the business owner is not the client. Right? And that's, that's the big distinction. It's, so I say when I, I get them to fill that out and say thanks very much, I said, can I also get a, a list of your top 10 clients, most recent clients? And then I'll ring these clients up and I'll just say, G'day, my name's Brett Thompson. I'm working with you know, Bob. I asked Bob for a list of his top 10 clients and you're at the top of my list. So I wonder if, if you've got a couple of minutes. I'd love to ask you a few questions because I want to help Bob get his, mark, get his product out there and help more people. Mm. And I do that product. I do that call over and over and over again. Hey, mate, that's where all the gem comes from. That's those interviews. And, and I'll tell you one other little distinction too. I used to ask really dumb questions like, you know, what, what headline do you think would work these days? And you just don't ask their opinion, right? The way you get the gold is you just ask them to tell their story. So how did you come across Bob? And inside that, because they can't fudge a story, right? They, if you ask them their opinion, people have this um, deep inserted ego to try and give you the right answer or to try and sound smart. But if you ask them to tell their story, then it eliminates any of that and you just get the, the pure gold, and inside that story, you can ask them, you know, who are you looking at? Um, why didn't you buy from them? And you kind of dig deep in that. So that's kind of the extra level that I go to when I write copy because by the time I've gone through those kind of calls, uh, I know exactly what the market is feeling right now. Not two years ago, but right now. And, um, and, and yeah, so that's just one of the things I do, mate. But, and I know not a lot of other copywriters do that, but... Really, it's my reputation on the line. If I want to get good conversions and maintain my reputation, I've got to go that extra mile and and um, and spend more time on the researching than I do in the writing. Good stuff, man. I like it. I like that start that idea of getting their uh, getting their story instead of you know not asking them about their facts or headlines and that kind of thing. But um, yeah. We're right on time, man. So b- before we go, though, if, if uh, someone's listening to this and wants to learn more about you or buy one of your products or anything like that, where's the best place for them to go and do that? Oh, cool. Thanks, mate. I appreciate it. Look, uh, I've got a, um, a blog which is uh, probably a little bit neglected last couple of months, but uh, I've got a lot of really cool teachings on there at brettthompson.com. I've also, um, by the time this recording comes out, I'll have um, um, a site which will be up and going called marketingmakeoverhq.com. But if you really want to learn a, a more deeper level what I do and, and how to get the cool results that I've got, um, it's all wrapped up in a book called Client Rush. So you go to clientrushbook.com. Um, I'm really proud of that book because as an information marketer, I mean, I've put programs together which are worth you know, $1,000, $1,500, 
and I've invested a lot of, of those as well. But I, I can honestly say the stuff that I've put in that little $25 book is probably equal to a $1,500 home study course. So yeah, so that, that's a good way to get introduced to one of the Good stuff, man. I'll have links to those, uh, those sites in the show notes at method.com. Brad, thanks for coming on the show, man. Uh, my pleasure, mate. You make it really easy, and I uh, love what you're doing, man. I'm a um, big, big fan of yours. So just keep charging, buddy. Cheers. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.